I don't enjoy the game as much as I used to. I don't Hurling, yeah, I don't it, enjoy it. it. It just seems to be a lot easier. And goals mean less than they did. And for me, if you scored a goal in the All-Ireland Final in the 80s and 90s, that was generally the winning of the game. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. You're very welcome, Max. So we're going to start with GA this evening and reflect on the weekend's football, the opening round of the championship. Roscommon prevailed over Mayo in the Connacht quarterfinal at Castle Bar. In Leinster, Leash, Offaly and Wicklow all progressed from their respective preliminary round matches. In Munster, of course, Clare beat Cork in Ennis by a single point and Tipperary also through to the semi-final stages. They beat Waterford. And of course, on Saturday, New York beating Leitrim on penalties, perhaps the story of the weekend. Sligo won against uh, depleted London in Ryslip and Armagh took care of business against Antrim in Ulster. Very happy to say, Colin Boyle, four-time All-Star with Mayo, is with us. Good evening. Joe, how are you? How are things? Very well. Mayo, 10 points. Roscommon, 2-8 in Castle Bar. Mm. So, yeah. has the hype train been derailed or is this all part of the master plan? Uh, so, bit of a disaster. To what extent for you was this a surprise, a shock? I know Davy Burke railed against the sense that this was a big shock. It's not a huge shock, Joe. Let's let's be honest, Roscommon in a good league, third in Division 1, and any time they play Mayo, they certainly raise their game. And there's huge rivalry between both counties. I, I don't think people from from outside the two the two counties would would generate or get that feeling that the rivalry that is there it, it is huge. So when Mayo play Roscommon, they know they're in for a tough game. And obviously, you know, after getting on the back of a league final, after winning the league final seven days later, going up against Roscommon in Casabar, you always knew Roscommon were going to come with a bit of edge, and 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 that they did. I think conditions certainly fell in their favour. And the Mayo slow start, missed opportunities early on, and you just felt as that game went on, and certainly as the half progressed, that Roscommon were just starting to build in confidence. You could see that in their body language, you know, the intensity of their play. They were winning 50-50 tackles, and they were letting Mayo players know about it afterwards. And then the goals come at just the perfect time for them, just, what, 10 or 15 minutes before half time, And Mayo are certainly rattled, you know, and never really recover after it. And uh, yeah, disappointing. I'm sure Kevin McStay and Stephen Rochford and the rest of the team, when they when they sit down or, and, and review the tape, will will pick out loads of different aspects. But for us, common, you have to hand it to them. Fully deserved their victory. I think they were the hungrier team. You know, they got themselves into a winning position, you know, from quite early in the game and never really looked like losing it, to be honest. Yes, they look very much primed for the occasion and the weather conditions and what winning would entail in a way that Mayo didn't and causation and correlation are difficult sometimes to disentangle who knows to what extent winning a national title seven days uh, previously does to your week of preparation and does to Mayo but they just didn't look at the right pitch whatsoever like a dynamic of this game was the wind and Mayo had it in the first half and how both teams managed that was interesting it was, yeah, and certainly Roscommon, you could see they were all about slowing down that game. They didn't want to let Mayo get build up any momentum at all. They were quite slow on their restarts and on their kickouts, and it was very clear that they were going to take very few risks, and they went along the majority of the time on on their own kickout. I think what, what's disappointing from a Mayo point of view is really they didn't show enough aggression. They didn't get enough bodies around the break zone, and 
in a swirling breeze on a wet, windy day, there's absolutely no way you can make letting the opposition win clean kickouts from from their own restarts because it just it's just too easy for them. It lets them get them get themselves out of their half uh, too easy. And Mayo were never able to pin Roscommon in their own half for a sustained period of time. When Roscommon then eventually did get out, they were holding the ball for two, three, four minutes. They were killing the clock. And really, like I said, just not let Mayo get that momentum that they needed to, to build up that four, five, six point lead, which is probably what that wind was. You know, granted, I think Mayo didn't take them goal chances earlier on. You know, it's, it's a strange, really strange start to the game, Joe. There's two very soft frees in the first minute or two of the game. I, th- I don't think either of them are frees. It's a point apiece. And there's no score for their 80, 90 minutes. And in that period of the game, Mayo really leave two, four behind them, two real guilt goal chances. And from that, like I said earlier, the Roscommon just get the sense that Mayo aren't quite at it today. You know, they're a small bit off. Then they get their goal chances down the other end and they take them. And ultimately, that proves to be the difference between the two teams. You mentioned the kick-out situation in the first half as well. Mayo really did try and press up with the wind mm. on their backs against Conor Carroll's kick-outs. Eight, nine, ten players inside the Roscommon 45. Of the nine first-half kick-outs, most of which went long in the direction of Enda Smith, quite often of those nine kickouts Roscommon kept possession seven times it was an amazing yeah. return when you're when you're going long so, so that definitely fell on the Roscommon side of the ledger you mentioned that that uh, period where against the wind Roscommon almost playing down the clock just recycled the ball across the pitch Mayo seemed to pitch up and hold their line you half wonder should they have gotten Roscommon faces and tried to win back the ball and engage them a bit more as opposed to just allow Roscommon keep the ball and run down the clock and, 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 and you know take away that wind advantage that lack of aggression was there in various aspects yeah it was and, and, and there was numerous opportunities to me if Mayo were really at the pitch of the game yeah. which, which they would have wanted to be they would have turned over Roscommon numerous times in both halves to be honest because even against the breeze Roscommon were trying to carry out the ball with their goalkeeper Connor Carr and when you have Aidan O'Shea and Ryan O'Donoghue are two of the best full forward line players that are actually making tackles and making turnovers. If them boys are really at it and the rest of the team are really at it, I think they punish them and they make turnovers and they just put Roscommon on the back foot. And it just felt that Roscommon were getting out too easy from their own kick out and from general play. And like I said, you know, they were sitting off them a tiny bit too much and Roscommon just gained a foothold in the game from that. Mayo have six weeks now to reflect on all that and, and lick their wounds and, and put in, a, I suppose, something akin to another preseason. Will we see a different Mayo in terms of personnel? And if so, where? I think we need to see different personnel. Like, Inde Hessian is a big loss to Mayo at the minute. I, th- I think we can't be talking about this all year, but Sunday was the first time I think Mayo fans looked, really looked at a Mayo team. What, minus Oshi Mullins and Lee Keegan, what that looks like. And really that pace and power coming from the back because especially in that second half when it looked like we were completely out of ideas Roscommon got loads of bodies back inside the 45 and it looked like we couldn't break them down and we were lacking just that small bit of pace and power someone to come from the back like how many teams have we seen or times have we seen Lee Keegan do it through the years Oshie Mullins goal against Kildare and the qualifiers is a great example of Pro Park where yeah. it looked like we were kind of running out of ideas in that game too and he just breaks a line with 10 minutes to go and, and, and puts it in the top corner and all of a sudden we take off from there. It just never felt like something like that was going to happen last Sunday because we probably didn't have thin type of, well, we obviously didn't have thin mm-hmm. type of players in, in in our ranks. So, But the likes in the Hessian, 
you know, hopefully if they get him back, he would be he would be a big addition. We saw it earlier on in the league, especially against Troy and what he can do coming from the back. David McBreen is a big loss. And I spoke to you a good few times about this, Joe. The full back line is an area that they are a small bit weak on at the minute. Um, so I think we need to get players back in that regards. And over the next six weeks, I think it's absolutely key that the likes of Killian O'Connor, who's picked up injuries throughout the league, the likes of Tommy Conroy, who's picked up Knicks and Knox that have kept him out of starting games and getting game time, that they get a clear run at this 26 now. Um, you know, so I think we could see a couple of changes in that regards. But even in our in our in our attack, I think I mentioned this to you, Joe, as well. I think we need to see Ryan O'Doul coming out the pitch a small bit more because he's playing on the full forward line. I don't think he's he's bottled up in there. He's not quite getting the the service from the boys outside. And if you look at the Mayo half forward line, they're all very similar players. You know, they're all super middle aged players, but they're not probably gonna get the supply line into into the forward line that we need. And I think he could be the man that could link the play an awful lot better if he could either plays as a centre forward or he's 15 on his back, but he's dropping out as a second half forward or a fourth half forward, whatever you want to call it. But I think we're probably missing a tiny bit of creativity, like a Kevin McLaughlin type player, Kevin McLaughlin is palm, Alan Dillon in his palm type player that can kind of link the play from defence to attack. Because we have probably the boys inside that can do the damage if they get the ball. But I just think that link at the minute that we're missing. Yeah, I remember that uh, Kildare game was at it where Mullen breaks through a line and scores the goal out of nothing because mm-hmm. on, on that day akin to Roscommon Kildare decided the best way to beat Mayo was to get huge numbers behind the ball make the game stop-start stodgy and uh, Mayo either need the craft the McLaughlin types or they need the, the Mullen runners to puncture and they didn't seem to have either as you say on Sunday and Roscommon sensed blood and it became one of those games and it sometimes happens where the team without the ball start to control the game and Roscommon started to control the game without the ball and hit Mayo on the counter. Davy Burke, <laughs> kind of like he's got like kind of a lot of life to his delivery, and you could think, ah, oh, listen, he's just a go with the flow, happy go lucky fella. There's a shrewd operator there, I think, and he did make the point that as soon as we were safe in the league, it was all about this game. So we saw two contrasting approaches to Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And look, to be honest, a lot of Ross Common's play, I think we, we saw at stages during the league, but they certainly brought a different element to it the last day, you know, just the way they were so... And Davy Burke, in fairness, references in his interview about the difference in playing Division 1 and the top teams. It's all about a game of control now and keeping possession as much as possible. And Ross Common did that very well to their credit in the first half, like we talked about, in killing down that clock. And they were, they were accusing a number of different aspects and you know, a lot of time there was very minimal contact in their players and they were spending a lot of time on the ground and a couple of very, you know, dodgy head, head calls, which you could say in the in the first half especially, uh, which was just killing the clock and just breaking that minimum momentum that Mayo might be building. So, you know, the, I suppose you probably have to give credit to them in that regards that they are becoming streetwise, if you want to call it that. Or And and he probably has to get a lot of credit for that as well as probably Mark McHugh. So, mm. Yeah, he's an interesting character for sure when you hear him being referenced. Obviously, the, the team of the week for us common was, you know, they were being disrespected in the media and he, he mentioned that in numerous different interviews after it. So, yeah, that was obviously the talk during the week and they, they probably felt like an awful lot of the build-up was about Mayo and they weren't getting respect for mm. finishing third in the National League, you know. So, yeah, they used that motiva- motivating factor to their, to their effect for Sunday for sure. We're being disrespected as old as time. Yeah. It's a beauty. Works every time. Never uh, fails, Joe. With Mayo, I, I must say in our conversations over the weeks as a final thought, 
you never, I felt, were getting carried away with what we were no. seeing in the league. You really weren't. You referenced the fullback concerns. You referenced a couple of positional issues. And, you know, they only scored four points from play against Galway in the league final. That was an issue as well, we referenced. And, you know, you think about just that sense of momentum that they had across the league campaign and, and games like against Kerry, where Kerry just coughed up a couple of goals, you know, dispossessed a few metres out from their own goal and Mayo scored some easy goals that way that you just won't see in championship. Mm. It does massively like bring a, a thuddering halt or it undercuts the, the feel good of the league. It just shows that for what it was, which is very much league football, the oldest maxim in the book. Oh yeah, well, especially the early games and then Kerry and Throne games reference, like they were worlds apart from what they're going to face later on in the year and even what they faced last Sunday. So yeah, yeah, it is a bit of a, and look at it, it might be just the kick that these boys needed just in case they felt like they were going and, you know, that everything was going rosy in the garden because they were going to meet this at some point. So maybe the fact that it is Roscommon first round of the championship because them boys be hurting Joe, I can tell you, as Mayo footballer, it's not easy to, to lose to Roscommon, you know, especially in the first round of the championship. So they'll be hurting. They've a bit of time now to lick their wounds and pull themselves together. I'd imagine it'll probably be the weekend before they meet up again and maybe refresh and have a look at what they're going to do and have a real rattle at the next five weeks to, to try and improve on a few things but I think getting a few personnel back is key because you could really sense there was a real lack of punch coming from the Mayo backline in particular and we were running out of ideas up top for sure as, as the game went on so I think that bit of patience we lost our composure from a long way out Joe I think that's one thing they'll be talking about and referencing right. you know over the next five or six weeks and areas to improve on for sure Okay some other results caught the eye Clare uh, beating Cork by 14 points to 13 Cork again league being what it is had had a decent showing in the league they'd done okay against Dublin they'd a, a draw with Derry as well and yet uh, they looked so pedestrian against Clare uh, who clogged up the middle the Cork running game completely negated they looked overly defensive flat uh, and it must be said we had an email in for um the slot we're doing in the next hour, a slight tangent, just talking about as a spectacle. Uh, the first half in particular, ball was just recycled endlessly back and forth across the width of the pitch. So like not much adventure about their play. Second half caught fire. Uh, for Colin Collins and Claire. I think the whole country has a soft spot for Collins and for what he's done with this Clare team. Unbelievable, Joe, and you consider, and I know they're the clear team and boys are probably sick of hearing this, but the resources they have, the personnel, obviously their hurling is the number one down there. Like we we play clear an awful lot. We actually only played them, I think, once or twice, once in championship in 2017 the qualifiers. We've been playing them numerous times in challenge games, probably two or three times a year in challenge right. games because of locality and where it was. They were close by over the years and like they were so tough to play against even in challenge games and they just bring a level of intensity and you never feel like you have them beaten and they just bring that to, or it seems like they bring that every time they go out on the pitch and you have to put that, that down to Colin Collins because you can see he just has a platform there for them guys to play and they all just do whatever they, he asks for them uh, to do so huge credit to them you know People are calling it a surprise, a shock. I certainly wouldn't be calling it a shock by any means. You know, going to Innes in the first round of the championship for a Cork team who, let's be honest, have been very flaky for, for numerous years now. Obviously, with, with Kevin Welch coming in there, you know, his go-to style is defensive. Um, and it would have been during his spell as Galway manager mm. and certainly Lego manager for three or four years. And it's, it's funny you said that. I listened to Paddy Kelly talking about the game this morning. He was at it and uh, he said that first half was probably the worst game of football he's been at. Um, right. 
So I hope this is not a team for the rest of the year, Joe, like Roscoe Mayo, granted the, the weather conditions were, were poor. That it was shocking stuff as well. Well, if teams aren't going to, teams without the ball aren't going to push up and engage and try and win it back, say, halfway line territory, mm. then unfortunately, defensive area clogged up, players don't want to give away possession. We're going to see plenty of recycling and, and most teams are not inclined to try and press high up and engage and so there's kind of this stalemate which can envelope uh, particularly a tense occasion yeah and uh, look the league final is a perfect example Joe it was, it was an extremely hard watch and Mayo generally are a team that like to press as much as possible but even they were dropping off and almost Murrow and Murrow um, um, doing exactly what Galway were doing and it was an extremely hard game to watch there's yeah. no doubt about it and you're right, if, if one team doesn't press, then they're sitting back in the halfway line and we're watching this over, over mm-hmm. and back. The fascinating thing for me is the top, top fours, like your Clifford's and Tom and Conor Callan's, like Clifford last year in the semi-final against Dublin, you could see he was just going as far as the 45 and then he was heading back inside. And he was almost, you know, golden Michael Fitz, or Michael Fitzsimons, are you going to go and leave me here? And often on a turnover then, he was one-on-one with an old merchant or someone like that. So... It can be fascinating what Fords do in that scenario. Are they just going back and drifting back to that the, the halfway line or are they just staying high as much as possible? So on a turnover, at least there's a kicking option there because I think that's an awful lot of the problems when there actually is turnovers in the pitch. There's no one to kick the ball to because everyone is behind that man. So mm. it's frustrating at the minute. I hope we're not in for a full summer of this job, but uh, hopefully maybe as the weather improves, yeah. you know, a month or two down the line might make a big difference to it. Yeah, and like I'm sure it's not easy to kick a ball into a completely crowded half but like the, just the lack of adventure by man in possession is very telling yeah. as well I, like I, I really just feel they're thinking well I'm not going to be the one to give it away as opposed to thinking well I'm going to be the one to set something up here oh, Hugely yeah and if you look at Mayo the last day Aidan O'Shea in there I think two balls they kicked into yeah. in the whole game What's the, the point? first we actually yeah. yeah the first we actually get a goal chance you know I think it's a, it's a messy break but it's a break that falls to CB Cohn and he almost puts it in the top corner Yeah, and that's what can happen you know from, from these simple balls in but teams are very you know very careful to do that and like I referenced Davey Burke's interview he was saying it's all about possession it's all about holding the ball and, and probing and affairs to Ross Common their two goals pretty much do come from that holding the ball, probing, wait for Mayo's players to switch off and they get a hand passing over the top on both goals that, yeah. that create goal chances. So, yeah, they are type of the more opportunities or the kind of opportunities that we're seeing now rather than the long ball into the, to the forward and in turn winning it and, and score putting it in the back of the net. Yeah, I did hear Davy Burke say that. I'm not sure I agree with him. Let's let's park that and have a chat about that in a, a, a future okay. date. We should mention New York. I know you didn't see this game live. Most of us didn't. Uh, mm. For your old teammate, Andy Moran, it's just a disaster, like nightmare scenario. And for New York, it's amazing. And I'm sure they'll be trying to book their flights and get over here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, first of all, and Andy, yeah, hugely disappointed for him. Um, but look, at he would have been well aware going out there, the threat that was there with New York. And if you look at, if, even if you go back to New York against Sligo last year, five minutes to go in that game I thought Sligo were gone mm. you know it was a level game and they just pulled something out of the bag and they kicked the last four scores in the game to win by four and unusually for New York they actually hold a large number of that team like normally from one year to another they might have two or three from the team before I think this year they did eight or nine and then they add in the likes of Owen Kern and Bill Maher from Tipperary mm. and all of a sudden you're looking at uh, New York team on paper and you're thinking they would more than hold their own in Division 4 so 
yeah, it was always going to be a really difficult day. And even the fact that it was under lights in Gaelic Park, like Gaelic Park, Joe, is an extremely difficult place to play. Um, it's just a strange, straight atmosphere. It's a carnival of atmosphere around the place. And I'd never played there at night. I'm not sure it was at the first Connacht game that was played there at night. It's usually a Sunday game, but that was, that was a Saturday night game. And I'd say even just loads of different factors, yeah. loads of different elements came into it. And the longer the game went on, it would have became more and more difficult for the Leitrim players because there would have been a huge sense around the place, around New York, that this is on. And you can be sure from a long way out that in the five-year cycle of playing the Connacht County, uh, counties that Sligo and Leitrim, let's be honest, are probably the two teams that they're targeting and having their best and strongest mm-hmm. squads within games because realistically, okay, they nearly pulled off a famous one against Roscommon in 2017, but realistically, and there's no disrespect to Sligo or Leitrim, it's probably going to be within their beat. So unfortunately, it was Leitrim that got caught on this occasion, but... New York are actually fully, fully deserved of it. And yeah, it'll be very interesting as it's Saturday week against Sligo. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's look at if you're Sligo, you have to be happy with that. You can think of New York coming over, they should look after them, but yeah. and get to a kind of final, which, you know, which would be great for them. But uh, yeah, time will tell. Listen, great stuff for out of time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Joe.